I suppose it's almost a way of us figuring out our own lives or just where we fit. Inadvertently, I'm just processing stuff. And we're obviously, like, as creatures, we're just incredibly complex. And so you can't really capture that in just one painting. Welcome to the Flying Fruit Bowl, a platform dedicated to the discussion and exploration of art in the creative process. I'm your host, Aaron S, and today's episode is a conversation with the amazing artist Pippa Held Lynch. Pippa is a contemporary realist artist from the UK whose work explores the nuances between art and reality. Her current series of work include images of women submerged in colored water, a body of work that asks us to reflect upon the concept of limbo and the idea of sinking and staying afloat. Right, yo. Okay, then. So let's start where I start with everybody. And that is just tell us a bit about yourself and how you became an artist. Um, so my name is Pippa. I'm from Bristol. Um, I've actually just moved back this way. Um, I do figurative and portraiture kind of work, um, kind of realism. Um, and I've always been interested in art. I swear um, everybody probably says the same thing, but... Um, I've always been into art since I was a kid. I'd always kind of have an aptitude for it. Um, it was like my favourite subject at school. But the thing I think that actually got me into painting portraits, I actually had um, a boyfriend when I was in college and they asked me to do a portrait of them as a gift to his mum for their birth- for her birthday. And I think that was <laughs> that was the thing where I was like, oh, I actually really enjoy this. And so ever since then, I was kind of really into trying to figure out how to just paint portraits. Um, My mum was also a painter. Um, She did a lot more like animals and stuff. So I was exposed kind of to painting from like a really young age. Um, And I've just always been into it, really. And I'm sure it's kind of a similar story for every artist, like being into it since a young age. So it's interesting because your studio is an architect. Yeah, so, well... Growing up, um, the whole artist thing was never really considered a viable career path, probably rightly so. Um, but I, yeah, so I was kind of always pushed to be like, oh, so what do you want? Um, and kind of ended up landing on architecture just because they're like, oh, you can draw and a living out of that by doing maybe buildings. So I went into that, but it's always... Um, and that, and that meant that I kind of had a hiatus from actually painting and stuff because it was all focused on getting a degree or multiple degrees. Um, and when I was doing my master's, I um, I, stu- I went and studied part-time. So I was kind of working part-time, doing a full-time That's master's nice. degree and then doing like, <laughs> and then doing a, um, uh like a yeah just one evening a week at an atelier in London it's called London Fine Art Studios I think um they were great um and it was just the foundation course but it was so much fun and honestly that was what kept me kept me going through my master's to be honest um and yeah I just was hooked ever since really see that's really interesting though because that's like you know a lot of determination and a lot of commitment to do that because you didn't have to do that yeah I suppose I mean I had quite a few breakdowns in, in the <laughs> oh. midst of that <laughs> yeah but I say but, you would um, do though because like, you can have a, 
it, like that's a that's a lot to take on just generally just just even just a master's itself is a lot to take on if you're doing other things <laughs> yeah. outside of that it just you know it's kind of interesting because it kind of shows me that you have some kind of very like inner need to create oh yeah definitely um and yeah at the time I there was multiple, multiple times when I was doing my master's degree and I think a lot of people that do architecture probably have the same where they're just like up the night before uh, a deadline and they're just like no I'm just gonna suck it all in I'm not gonna do it anymore um so yeah I was definitely at that point and I was like I'm just gonna do art instead I'll just paint it'll be fine and then I realized that actually I couldn't make a living out of it because I need so I needed to learn so much more about it um but yeah so now I'm at a point I'm very privileged that I can work four days a week and then I can paint I have like a one day to dedicate to painting on Fridays so I'm really lucky that I've managed to get to this point so I'm happy about that. That's exactly what I was going to ask you it's like are you a full-time artist and if not is that something you want to you know you're ambitious towards becoming? Uh, yeah so I would love to be it'd be great um, but I think I have a lot to learn before I get there there's hmm. um, I think again I know it's kind of stereotypical artists well I love painting and stuff but the whole business side is is, is mm. a whole is a whole uh murky body of water to me which I yeah, uh, yeah, of <laughs> I, I, <don't, laughs> I just need to learn loads about it and I'm trying I'm just listening to all the podcasts and everything um and just stumbling my through and just lots of failing um yeah. just to try and learn what works really but I think the thing is that like that has to be some kind of of like global resource which would actually help artists. I think that's the thing. I think the, the trickiest part of being an artist is the business side. It's that asking mm-hmm. for money and kind of knowing what you're actually worth and actually realizing you're worth something, you know? Because I think, you know, society itself isn't really hot on art being a viral credit. It does, you know, I would say like art kind of that society kind of undervalues art. Like, and it's not in a negative way, but it's more like in a realistic way. Like, you don't hear people at school saying, when I grow up, I want to be an artist because it doesn't make the most money. But then I guess if you're an artist, money is not really why you're in it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's... I, w- I won't necessarily delve into this too much, but, like, the whole kind of capitalism and all this kind of stuff has meant that um, it's just not... It's That's the kind of reason why it's not a viable um career because you know if we all had a um, basic kind of income or something it might then allow people to actually pursue their passions but we don't have that so um and then art itself is kind of the actual product um well it's considered a product rather than um necessarily just the enjoyment of the process so um you know all the stuff that sells that gets all the money like I mean I'm kind of generalizing here but it's a commodity it's that people want stuff because it seemed to be worth loads of money or they want it because it's by someone who's been decided as famous kind of thing it's um yeah so it's less about probably the act of painting or creating more just a commodity or a product it's just interesting because I feel like there has to be some way for artists as yourself to have the resources you need to potentially transition into working full-time. 
Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think nowadays there's a lot, there's loads more, and I think it's been recognised probably more so by artists, but others as well that it is needed. And so I have found some resources. I've been listening to this podcast called From Bold Brush, um, and you've got artists like Shanna Levinson on there and stuff, mm. which are just giving all these tips and advice of what they know. Um, so there is stuff out there which is free and a lot of artists are work, offering workshops and things but it's it's almost and I my partner is a graphic designer and he's like telling me oh you should do this that and the other to like market yourself and when someone says it out loud it makes so much sense but then yeah. um like do just doing it is kind of like oh I'm not versed in this like am I doing oh, this yeah. right um and then I spoke to when I was at the other art fair where I met you um there was these ladies um, who created recently um, image curator advisory um, in Maine and Francesca. Um, and they've helped me try and get some funding and stuff, which unfortunately didn't go through. But, um, and there's also, I don't um, know them either, but I found that they're, I think they're great. Um, the White Pube, have you listened or like heard of them before? Uh, I think you should definitely have a look it up. They um they're actually like art critics, but not your stereotypical art critics. And um, they went to art school and they've done a few podcasts, but um they actually this manifesto, you might have seen um some of their billboards around London and it's basically critiquing um the art world. Um but yeah, definitely look those up. But they have a whole funding library um, on their website of oh, wow. successful applications for funding. Um, and so there's just kind of these different types of resources that I've been finding along the way. But yeah, it's unless you, but a lot of, t- a lot of the time as well, I listen to these podcasts and they all kind of say, oh yeah, we don't really get taught how to actually make a career out of it at school or university or anything. So definitely agree there's it'd be a good good to have like one point of truth or something but yeah it'd be good to set up some kind of like mentorship program because you know obviously I talk to a lot of artists who do this full time mm-hmm. I just love artists who do this part-time maybe there's something that I could do at some point where you partner people together or people who have similar interests that's a great you know? idea yeah I'm just thinking really about good it idea. it's mm-hmm. yeah like maybe it's it's something that, that I was yeah I was thinking I was actually thinking about that when I was listening just a minute ago to a podcast and they uh yeah just another artist that does mentorship and I was like actually like you know and as well because you by doing that you kind of build relationships with other artists which is one of the like one of a really nice thing to do as well um so yeah it's kind of more of an avenue where you kind of get partner yourself with someone that does something similar or has a skill set which you're really looking to hone or something I think that's a great idea yeah, I think I think one of the biggest problems and we will get onto your work quite soon so I do apologize because this is a bit of a no no like, forward we, but that's the best thing about these conversations that they do but like, the interesting thing about art is that art can be quite a lonely career like it could be very easy for you to sit in your studio or sit in the space mm-hmm. you create and just create work and I think sometimes you need that critique. You need that kind of community. You need that feedback from people who actually understand what it's like to create that work and be in that position, not just random strangers online. So 
What is the biggest challenge of being an artist? Um, yeah, we kind of touched on it, but for me, it's definitely like the idea of selling myself, I suppose. Um, yeah, I just, just struggle with that. I mean, I love painting and the whole business side is a whole other thing. So for me, it's that. I think that's, again, quite a common thing with um, some of the other artists that I've listened to on this um so yeah I think that's the hardest thing just making money out of it <laughs> so that I can do it full time yeah because the thing is that all artists want is just to make oh. money to create more work that's like all they want people aren't mm. here for like because they want you know private yachts and islands they want to just be able to create more work that's oh, what they okay. want like and I think it's kind of they never get to spend time on it anyway <laughs> if they'll be painting True. <laughs> it's it's kind of just interesting actually no let's not get into this conversation because it's going to go back to capitalism and we don't want that um just, 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 <laughs> I'm easily just like, done oh with me it's too easily done but anyways um so for those who have not seen it can you please just describe your work yeah so um my work is well my recent kind of body of work is beauty and moments of solitude um and it's my cousin suspended in a bath full of different uh, bath of coloured waters different coloured water um, and also some flowers as well um kind of just finding beauties in those fleeting moments of isolation I suppose and so when you're underneath in the water in a bath or um in the sea just kind of capturing that isolation um in that moment and um I do realism it could maybe arguably be hyper realism but I don't it doesn't really feel like that when I'm doing it um so yeah that's my work but at the moment I'm now kind of veering off that a little bit and trying to experiment with not painting every single hair which has mm. been quite fun and freeing so maybe it will go more in that direction I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yes I remember one of the top comments at the other art fair was how realistic the hair was in your work yeah <laughs> and I remember a lot of people stopped you just to tell you like your work is so crazy like so crazily amazing but like the realism <laughs> of the hair because the thing is like I don't think people because I've had the privilege to, come to actually see it in person and then seeing it right behind you like these pieces of work are huge like absolutely gorgeous they're so detailed it's oh, insane oh, like they're you. so insane um and I just think it's really amazing it's what you do is very amazing and it's uh oh, it's cool to actually so get much. to see art in person though that's the thing like because you know, seeing our line doesn't do it justice because you don't understand the scale and the depth and the detail. Yeah, I definitely feel like when I was at the other art fair, I got such a, I don't know, it was just really lovely to be able to see people's reaction when they when they saw it because I think it's just better received in person for my yeah. work in general. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed that. It was quite nice. Bit of an ego boost. <laughs> But a much needed ego boost for somebody in your position. Yeah, I mean, it kind of gave me a bit of validation to be like, oh, actually, I could probably continue with this. And I'm, I was lucky enough to sell one of my big pieces there as well. So I was really happy about that. But I think also the great thing about stuff like the, the art fair is that you take your work offline and therefore you actually see how people really react to it, not just react to it in front of, like, behind a screen. It's like you actually see them and you get to have conversations and you don't know who you'll meet, you know, what kind of continuous relationship you'll have after that, you know. Yeah, and actually, I guess, um, I would love to do it again, actually, because I've just found it really, um, 
it just gave me a really warm feeling being able to meet loads of other artists mm. and I follow them now on Instagram and stuff and get to see their journey as well and it's just really nice make you feel a bit more a part of a community of artists and although our work might be completely different or even similar like Simona um I keep in touch with her as yes. well um, and see her, her journey she's doing like going great strides which I love to see so it's just really nice to actually feel a part of something which um I think I got from actually being in person and being able to just chat to people really I'm saying I think conversation is so much more important than we give it credit for so I completely agree so figurative (laughs) art so your work is figurative um, and I'm just really kind of curious like why do you think figurative art is important and kind of like also like the idea of the whole human condition which is you know kind of a it's a it's a road very traveled I guess that's a weird way to put it but it's a very kind of it's uh wait (laughs) what is this expression I'm trying to say Basically, like, you know, it's quite a, a recurrent theme in art, in art general. And like artists look at the human form and human condition and figurative art. Like, why is figurative art important to you? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's any coincidence that it's um, something loads of people have done before. Um, for me, I find it really therapeutic and just, I suppose it's almost a way of us figuring out our own lives or just where we sit within that or processing stuff I think a lot of mine um inadvertently I'm just processing stuff um and we're obviously like as creatures we're just incredibly complex and so you can't really capture that in just one painting um and so it's almost like yeah processing and searching for meaning and what and how we experience our emotions I suppose um it's important for me, um, again, because it is, it's quite a meditative thing for me. But yeah, it just, if I don't pay, I I get, um, it's like when someone doesn't get enough sleep or doesn't, you know, if someone's not eating, they get hangry. If I've not paint, if I haven't painted, I oh, can wow. tell because I start getting really like short or a bit frustrated with people really easily. So um, I think, yeah, kind of like you were saying before about that real need to create something, even if it's just something small, um, it's almost like a stress release. So, yeah, but it's cathartic. It kind of it, mm. it gives you a reason to kind of channel your emotions, I guess. Yeah, and I suppose, um, uh, yeah, at the moment I'm trying to figure out ways where before in my uh, series where it was like the beauty and moments of solitude it's kind of the images were about beauty um and what you know obviously I find my cousin beautiful and biased but um you know and just the images of in water and just you know it's just aesthetically pleasing and when I was writing loads of personal statements um or like art statements it's I almost kind of had to retrospectively find meaning in it because at the time I was just like oh I just really want to paint it because I think it'll be great to paint and I just think it'll be really nice um and then now I'm kind of going through a process of actually trying to figure out a bit more of a concept behind what I'm painting and like having a bit more structure behind it I suppose so I can kind of hopefully learn and develop more as I go forward but we'll see 
but that's see i found that really interesting because it's like you create you know you have an idea you create the idea and then you're like okay what is the meaning of this like why did i create this it's like you're you're looking back at like why you did something but also the great thing about that is that that will inform your future work because as soon as you find the key themes that you're actually interested in just from having created work that you're interested in nobody else you're then be like okay cool this is a theme i want to carry forward i think that's really really interesting so i don't think a lot of people necessarily particularly in this day and age where everybody wants to just churn out content i don't think people really sit down and look at their work enough yeah no and i think for me especially if i create something just just for the sake of creating it for other people if i if i don't find meaning in it then i don't i just don't get as much enjoyment out of it and i don't um i feel like now is the time where i perhaps don't have that pressure to create as much um where i can actually just paint what i want to paint and then hopefully over time it that will resonate with others as well um i mean yeah obviously the business side of stuff i've got to sort out so that actually happens but um but that will happen yeah, over so, time. Yeah. hopefully no 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 <laughs> not hopefully like it will it will it's just uh it will take you time to kind of get used to things it'll take you time to understand what needs to be done and what doesn't need to be done but it will come eventually because at the end of the day, like, your paintings yeah. are gorgeous and the fact that <laughs> you create such great work and that you know you seem to have a good sense of you know what it's about like it's not i would personally say it's not you're lacking of business skills it's like maybe you need to think about how you market yourself like how you're pitching your work where you're pitching your work to why is it you actually want to do with your work you know that i feel like there are questions you should ask yourself because then they're like your work mm-hmm. is there the talent is there it's knowing what to do with that oh thanks um, yeah no i think yeah I, i'd agree i think you've touched on some the, like the key aspects which is something that i'm going through at the moment of just um yeah definitely need to work because, on but um yeah because you said you know because it's interesting because you said yeah, that you know okay. i've so no sorry sorry it's because you said you know oh you've still got a lot to learn and i i, I would agree because you never stop learning but i think realistically like your images are very striking you know you have a good idea of you know which we'll talk about a bit in a bit but you've got an idea of like where you're going to next the kind of themes you want to look at and explore so it's not like it's not like you're at the very kind of beginner stage where you're like oh let's just throw stuff onto a canvas and see what happens and I don't know what I'm doing it's like you're actually I think you're probably like probably halfway to your journey you've just got to understand where you lie in the artistic spectrum you know just kind of ask yourself those kind of questions like you know like whose work do you align yours with you know whose kind of career not do you want to follow but whose Mm -hmm. career kind of trajectory are you interested in and kind of I don't know like I have a lot of advice for you I can give you I'll probably give you offline but I don't know I just feel like you're probably in a better place than you oh, realize thanks. to be honest <laughs> I, th- I think personally because it's like oh, I don't you. know yeah I wouldn't if, if I were you I wouldn't be worried I would just kind of create the work and see what happens there because you can always get representation if you're struggling with business you can always get somebody to help you with that yeah uh, I mean I think as well because paintings although they were large there was a few only a few of them so I feel like mm. I need to just produce more work and then yeah like you said kind of just figure it out a bit, bit more um but yeah I'm all I'm all ears if you've got any tips like after this <laughs> so there is so there's an artist that I recently interviewed I said recently it's probably quite a while ago now her name's Constant Regardso it was quite a while ago because her interview's out um and she does work that is similar to yours in the sense of like it's um people figures submerged underwater and they're huge and they're really detailed I think you and her can have an amazing conversation I think it'll really help you mm-hmm. Because she works full time, 
but she did it kind of very luckily during the pandemic, you know, in very fortunate circumstances. I feel like you two could have a great conversation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'll send your work to her and I'll send her your work. Um, and I'll, we'll connect you two Amazing. probably later. Because I think that actually, I think that'd be a great conversation for you to have. I think you could really um, just help each other and just have that connection. I think that'd be really good for you, actually. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. No worries. That's what I do. That's why I do the Um So, <laughs> so realism. I'm really so, I'm always so, how can I put this without trying to offend anybody? Like, I'm always a bit wary about hyper real work because I'm a photographer and I'm like, why produce hyper real mm-hmm. work when you have a, when you can take a photograph? So my kind of question to you is, what does painting do that a photograph doesn't? I think it's a valid question. Um, personally, yeah, I mean, I love photography and as a, it's a craft in itself and I really admire anybody who can produce amazing photographs because, yeah, I've got a lot of respect for that. And yeah, it's almost, I don't know whether I paint because I can't, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not that good a photographer. (laughs) Um, but I think, yeah. If I reckon, like you can obviously you can get photographs which are absolutely insane um, and are definitely works of art in themselves. Um, and photography, obviously, is like if you're a photographer, you're an artist anyway. So for me, it's more just when I take photos, I I'm just using it as a reference for say some like flesh color or just form, um, and then I can kind of with glazing or depth of color I can kind of manipulate that to kind of help people guide their eye through the painting so I think if I was a good enough photographer maybe I wouldn't paint but I'm not a good enough photographer so I paint instead (laughs) but to me that's bizarre because what you do through painting such you know realistic images that you're spending more time and effort and skill and actually, it would probably be quicker and easier and probably a lot cheaper for you just to learn photography. I'm not saying you should, obviously. Yeah. But it probably would be, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I did I did do photography at A-level. Um, uh-huh. And I really I really love the process um, of, like, the, all the old cameras stuff, um, darkroom, um, darkroom bits. Um, so I, I kind of dabbled, but again... When I did that, I ended up and did my A-level, I ended up um, creating these kind of, um, it was more like a, uh, yeah, I didn't have like properly finished pieces. I ended up almost creating like a little sketchbook of work, which I then added paint and stuff on top. Uh, it was a bit weird. Oh, no, um, that's cool. That's cool. So it's like some interesting mixed media. That's interesting. Yeah. And then, but I just... It was something which I kind of played around with. I used that to kind of experiment a lot. Um, And yeah, I still, even now, um, I do love photography. But again, I think, yeah, it's a weird one. I think, uh, hmm, sorry, now I'm thinking a bit more about it. Because if, I almost think if I did photography, I would I wonder if I'd actually do more like landscapes and stuff rather Mm. than portraits but then I love painting portraits because well I mean I'm probably a bit creepy but I end up like staring at people sometimes because I'm like oh that's that's not creepy at all like (laughs) I just yeah probably for the person I'm staring at but um Mm. 
yeah, just trying to figure out how I could paint certain textures of their face and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then when it comes to like photographs, I always tend to get drawn more to like landscapes and stuff, although there are some amazing portrait photographers, which I love as well. So, oh, yeah, I don't even know. Sorry, I'm rambling now. No, but no, yeah, that's perfect. I think it's, it's interesting because it shows that art, being an artist makes you an observer of the world in a different way to like mm. other people. Because as you said, you know, you stare at people. And actually the idea that you look at people and think, how do I paint that? It's actually really interesting because it's like, it just shows that you're thinking about your craft, even if you're not doing it. And it's like, you're, you're oh, seeking yeah. out challenges and you're seeking out different things to ideas and thoughts and opinions. And it's not just, you're not just going through life going, yeah, that would be cool to paint. It's like, well, actually, that could be interesting. And I like that. That kind of shows a lot of, just kind of deep thought about what you're doing, even if you don't realize you're doing it. Yeah, and I, but I do think a lot of creatives do that anyway. Um, and like yourself with your photography, I bet you're doing the same thing when you're walking around being yeah. like, oh, that would be a great photo. I, or, I, I do do it all the um, time, yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, like I said, my partner's a graphic designer and he's constantly looking at stuff being like, it will take a photo of a particular, color on a billboard because he likes it kind of thing so I think um yeah just having that creative lean I think you're just just drawn to certain certain things I suppose um but yeah definitely an observer of the world generally the small moments so I want to talk about water and the role that it plays in your work because I feel like it's a really just Mm -hmm. a really fascinating I feel like it's very metaphorical so, like, is there any particular metaphor mm. or any kind of particular reason for water? Yeah, I mean, I suppose when I was thinking about creating the work, um, the initial idea actually came when I was at uni and we had, I in my second year of my master's, we had, it was quite a creative, probably more like art school, really, which I quite enjoyed. Um, so it kind of, it's all a bit circumstantial, really. But then... Um, when I started thinking about the work a bit more, I quite like the idea, I think I mentioned before, but just, you know, when you are in a bath or, or I kind of fit it's just when you're in the bath and you're kind of, you put your head underneath and you kind of block out a lot of the noise and it's kind of, all you can hear is almost just your heartbeat and stuff. So it's kind of, mm. um, yeah, more about like the introspection of it, but then um, water in general as well, I think, it's quite yeah it's kind of part of nature and I quite like how it's almost like healing like loads of people go wild swimming and stuff like that um and I like how in the images you can, you've got all the different reflections and stuff which when you look at them or when I'm painting them in any way they kind of seem a bit abstract um and then it's yeah but then it kind of follows the curves of the body I don't know just really like it it's kind of ephemeral as well it's like never the same. Yeah, because I feel like, um, as I write on the notes, like water is kind of like this liminal space. It's kind of, mm. it's both from the world, but not of the world. It's kind of, and then, mm. you know, by putting people in that, it's like they're in this kind of other world. They're not quite living, but they're not quite dead. They're kind of somewhere in between. Like they're kind of very like, transient space. It's, I don't know, the thing about water is interesting because you're right. As you said, like I recently went to Spain and I went swimming in the sea and it's like, it's a really, it's a very freeing experience, but it's also a very scary experience because you don't know something like the sea, for instance, like you don't know where that's going to take you if it was to wash it away. Mm. But at the same time, there's a freedom of, from that as well. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's like, you know, you're yeah, not definitely. on land anymore. 
Yeah, and as well, yeah, because you're defying gravity to some um, degree as well within it. And as well, you know, you have all these crazy storms um, and you can see how powerful the sea is. And it's, when I look at it, I'm like, shit, that's scary. And when you're in it and you get like, like pulled over into loads of ways you know, and you can't breathe, you're like, oh, fuck, <laughs> I need to get yeah. to the, the air kind of thing. But then... Yeah, afterwards you're like, oh, I survived that. That was fine. I enjoyed. I kind of enjoyed it a little bit. And then <laughs> like, maybe oh, I've not drowned. been big enough waves. <laughs> you're like, oh, I almost drowned. That was fun. No, but like, <laughs> maybe like, not. Maybe not almost drowning. But yeah. <laughs> but like that's. But like that's the interesting thing that like water is just so powerful and it's beyond our control. Mm. And I think that's kind of what is is fascinating about it because I feel like. It's something that we take for granted and we don't think about it until we're presented with it. And I think that's what's interesting about your work is that it presents you with the metaphor of water. Mm. It presents you with the kind of symbology and significance of water. It makes you think about like, okay, why is this? What does this mean? Like, yeah. why are these people in water? And why coloured water as well, actually? Um, I kind of, yeah, a lot. So a lot with this series, a lot about it was also me trying to challenge myself technically. And so... um just yeah it's like oh well you know if it's colored water and then you have you're, you're able to get more reflections from opaque water or are you I don't know actually but um I thought it'd just be a fun process just to kind of make it colored so I went to I don't know if you know the you probably have um you know the lush bombs you can get and there was one that had glitter in it and I was like oh, wow. oh my god how can I paint glitter <laughs> um which didn't really come out in the photos so much, but um, that was the ones where it was all black. Um, and then the ones where the paintings are a lighter colour. Yeah, I kind of had to add milk in order to make mm. it a bit more opaque. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, I quite like the idea of the water being opaque. I suppose it being then abstracted from what we know necessarily. So if because I photographed my cousin in a bath, if the water wasn't opaque, it'd probably be a bit more noticeable that it was in a bath. Mm. In a bath, So then it would be less mystical, maybe. Yeah, that's that's exactly the thing. It's like your work is, like the the uh, environment in which the people are submerged is like very like, kind of alien and strange. And you kind of have to ask mm. yourself where they are. I feel like, is that ambiguity important to you? Yeah, I think so. Um, and as we, it was, I've, just resolved from talking to you I think that that's why the water was opaque um but I yeah in that series of work I think it was quite important because um obviously there there are a lot about isolation and introspection um and so when someone looks at it if they were able to kind of be like oh yeah I've I've had that feeling before and I one thing which I really enjoyed actually was um when at the other art fair um there was a lady that bought a print and she was actually a swimmer and she was like this is just this and she just had this affinity with one of the paintings which I thought was great um but it's just really nice I didn't even think of that before just how you know a swimmer obviously has that kind of similar relation or has a particular relationship with water which they obviously found in one of those prints so um yeah, just be, the viewer being able to put themselves in that situation and by being it not being location specific um, and having that 
mystical aspect to it I think that allows that to happen it's interesting as well because it can open up a lot of different other ideas and avenues of like people in obviously it's not something you'll necessarily do but like people in these other kind of different strange environments they could be like you know in a bathtub of sand or something or like you know concrete yeah. not concrete actually probably not concrete but concrete would be cool <laughs> but you know what I mean like these other kind of different kind of textures and places and mm. I don't know there's something I, I there's something I really so I already I, I think people probably know this by now but I always love images that are very kind of ambiguous and strange and symbolic and I feel like your work is like that kind of really nice I always call it the netherworld it's actually not my um phrase it was from a really cool artist with Mark Thompson who we had a great conversation and it's like this these oh, I images listened to that, that one that was really good he's <laughs> yeah. honestly such a lovely such a lovely guy such a great artist yeah, as well. does, yeah I follow him I, I since when I listen to your podcast actually I follow him on Instagram oh, perfect. Since, yeah, yeah his, like his work, work is so gorgeous <laughs> I, I really want to see one of his images in real life at some point they're just so gorgeous but anyway um we were talking about this idea of work that is kind of in between abstract and real and it's like this kind of netherworld because it's, it's kind of mm-hmm. both but neither um, and I feel like your work fits that perfectly because it's, it's kind of not quite too abstract it's not quite too real because it's when you step back it's real but when you step close it's abstract and I think that's really fascinating mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, there's thanks. Something magical about yeah, that. that's yeah, thanks. That's something I quite like about when I'm painting it anyway, because I'm like, oh, this shape on its own doesn't look like anything, but it kind of cr- is, allows it to become a whole when you look at it from far away. So, thanks. I'm glad you saw that in it. <laughs> so, the subjects you paint, or at least in that particular body of work, were obviously your cousin, so it was a female. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of curious, just generally, the idea of using female subjects in your work is that something that you want to become a motif? Or is it something that you want to shy away from? Or is it something that you thought about? Um, so initially, yeah, initially, I it, again, more circumstantial just because mm-hmm. friends and family are a lot easier to coax into me taking photographs of them. So that's generally, yeah, friends and family are generally um, who become part of my work. Um, and obviously for me, it's great because it's like when you're painting someone, you're almost spending time with them so so this other series that I'm kind of thinking about um it looks more about grief and maybe how like we process that um and I'm kind of kickstarting I, I don't know if you've seen you've, I think you've seen some of the studies that I've done which I um I used my partner and he recently um lost one of his best friends which oh, was okay. horrific um and then I've just done a portrait I actually finished it today um which yeah was um and this it's a bit of a different one because um it's kind of myself with then like mushrooms growing on my shoulder and then my head um but again having a bit more of a time limit on it because otherwise it just goes on forever but just looking at um the idea of grief and how we process that and a lot of I had this weird um idea with some friends it was more of a joke about using jam in my paintings um because I have a friend who makes jam and um so I was like oh like what if you mix the two (laughs) basically see what that creates and um and as well kind of being a bit more conscious of having people in them that have experienced grief and how maybe through me painting them and them being part of the process maybe it can be a way to help them process or tell their story of how they experience grief because as a society we don't really talk about it um so 
so yeah that's kind of what I'm thinking about at the moment so it doesn't mean that I'll necessarily focus on women um and up until now I've been very privileged because I have lots of amazing women in my life so it's great to paint them um so yeah I'm as well a lot more aware that yeah just include it being a lot more inclusive in my work and it not just yeah not necessarily just being about women but being more conscious going forward about the person themselves in the painting does that make sense it does make sense but do you um, so I'm kind of curious about that because it's like do you ever think about the subject viewer dynamic um I suppose because I want to paint something which I have like first first and foremost I want to enjoy painting it myself um and if it has like a personal meaning for me then I'm hoping that eventually someone will resonate with that um so I don't want it to necessarily dictate what I paint uh, um but then I do think about how the viewer will see it whether it's just you know where their eye goes on the painting and where I want that you know to to direct that or um how I can maybe play with it a little bit so with the jam um it's just I'm I don't know whether it'll go anywhere but I'm just experimenting with it and how the recent study with Mitch in it I was able to kind of make it look like tears um but because jam well it was kind of like a uh blueberry kind of raspberry jam so it, it almost looked a bit like blood um so it's just I like how that kind of had a bit of a weird play on it and so if someone didn't look at it properly or just glanced at it they would probably think it was blood um but actually it's jam and I quite so I quite like the idea of playing on that a little bit so I do think it I include or I um, think about the viewer when I'm creating the work but I don't want it to dictate the work necessarily how important are aesthetics to you in your work like do you like are you looking to to create like a beautiful looking image or is it more about the actual meaning of the work definitely previously it was a lot more about creating something aesthetically beautiful um and I was able to do that by just spending loads of time on it um so the the most re this one you can see behind me mm. which is called for obviously the people listening to this won't be able to see that so that, that's daydream the painting one and it's got like the red flowers on it um it took a, at least like 200 hours because I was playing with the grisaille layer underneath. Um, so it meant I ended up just painting it twice, which um, probably won't do that again. <laughs> um, but yeah, so obviously I had the time to be able to do that. Whereas now I'm looking at creating stuff um, or paintings and doing it with a time constraint so that I can... Um, I suppose just force myself to learn at a quicker pace um but also it means I have to come up with concepts a lot quicker and, and get uh, references and all that kind of stuff so it's a it's a lot of a quicker process and so it might mean that the outcome isn't as refined necessarily I do want the images to um I want them to be um of a good of a high quality like the actual paintings themselves but whether I think sometimes it's up to the viewers to whether they think it's beautiful or not because an image 
can be quite harrowing, but it can still be kind of beautiful at the same time. So, yeah. The reason I ask is because when I think of like women in water, I think of like nymphs and Ophelia and kind of like the idea of sirens. And, oh, you know, yeah. It's all very kind of mythological, mythological and very kind of like um, mm. ethereal. But I'm kind of also like conscious that like it can be such a cliche or it can be such a trope or it can be such a draw to people because it's a beautiful image. We kind of expect to see yeah. beauty. That's why I asked. That's the only reason I asked. Yeah, and it it's a really good question. And yeah, it's definitely something that I'm really wary of. Um, so when I say like covering my friends and jam and painting mm. them, immediately in my head, I'm like, oh, is that going to just, you know, hypersexualize them, which I really don't want it to do. So, mm. and especially if it's exploring grief, then it wouldn't, it just wouldn't work. So, um, and I think there's, I mean, there's plenty of art which create beautiful images with beautiful women in them, um, which is great for them. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't feel quite comfortable necessarily with the angle for myself um and I think yeah maybe that's why I quite like I quite like with the series the beauty and solitude series like so you can look at them and think that she looks dead which for some people and they I've had people say that to me which I think actually that's I'm kind of glad that you've been able to find an ulterior kind of narrative for it rather than it just being an image of a beautiful woman hmm. um so i'm yeah i'd like to kind of veer away from it just being a yeah a series of like you know sexualized images yeah. basically i know of course so circling back to your kind of current thoughts and opinions on like the idea of working with grief as like a theme like do you think that that hmm. will give you a kind of I guess a chance, but I don't know if chance is the right way to put it, but like a chance, I'll just say it anyway, but like a chance to look at kind of more, to look at and kind of create more kind of, say, darker imagery. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm de- yeah, I'm definitely open to it. Um, not necessarily gruesome, but... Oh, yeah, I'm, um, I, yeah I just meant, I meant, actually, I meant kind of both, both visually and also just kind of more metaphorically, not actually like literally, but I mm. guess you could do, but not literally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose kind of hard to answer because I've I'm still at the start yeah, of, course, of exploring yeah. it but yeah. um I suppose yeah I don't really know maybe it'll turn into that but, but at the moment it might just be more about the stories behind the sitter maybe mm. um and the image being more of like an outlet or like a um just a product of the process of working with them um so it might not be the image might it the images be be depicting their grief although the one the self-portrait I've done of myself kind of I've got like mascara running down my face as well so obviously that kind of depicted to a certain extent um so yeah I think maybe it'll be more subtle um, yeah but I don't know it's hard to say if I've still yet to create them so <laughs> yeah because I'm just really curious to see how this develops because I feel like how are you going to do this without it being very kind of overt or cliched but also still respectful because it's not going to be mm-hmm. like you know you know something as you said like a gruesome scene or something you know like explicit but you still want to do it so that it's you know people understand what it's about 
or at least they have an idea of what it's about from not necessarily knowing anything about the work? Yeah, I think um, so. Some of the sketches I've got for it, um, I suppose they're more likely to be depicting an emotion of some sort rather than a, uh, a scene of grief necessarily. Um, so probably it's probably more about the emotion itself. Um, and in a way, um, by adding uh, the oddity of jam or something that makes it uh, a less obvious um it kind of adds that um separation for the viewer so that they can kind of see that there's an emo it's an emotional painting but not necessarily the backstory to it to get something out of the painting the backstory behind it will be up to the sitter if they want to kind of divulge if they want to use it as a way to kind of um process their own grief so yeah I suppose you're definitely right and it needs to be respectful of course of um, everybody involved but I'm hoping that it'll be something that can um, yeah that people can resonate with the emotion that comes through with it I suppose. I'm very excited and interested to see how it's going to turn out I think it's a <laughs> it's a really it's, it's actually quite a very different turn of events for you I think it's, it's a good series of work that I didn't really expect from you which is quite interesting it's kind of almost in some ways I feel like it's it's like a 180 in like a good way oh, okay. so, so I think that's quite interesting actually to be fair and also also it's a 180 but also kind of carries on themes still from the last body of work it's it's kind of fascinating I don't know I think it's just a I saw it the day and I was like oh that's interesting which is why I said to you oh, I think this is really interesting um, oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm just curious to see where you go with it, to be honest. And there's a couple of artists that I've just thought about um, that might be good for you to look at. Um, I'll send you them later. Um, I've probably got a list of this because, um, yeah, there might be a good way for you to consider like how people look at grief or look at kind of like mm. more of the darker side, I guess, of emotions in their work without being so obvious. Um, yeah, or, if you've got if you've got any oh, recommendations, course, yeah. send them. Oh, I always have thanks. recommendations. That's what I do. For <laughs> Um, very much right so let's get into a bit into your creative process if you're okay with that so do you have any particular routines that help you focus on your art um I suppose yeah I do I do have a bit of a process um there's yeah generally I like to kind of keep the structure of painting like almost treat it like a work day really um and that's why having at least a whole day to do a painting um or to paint is quite important for me um and generally it will start off um with like prepping the canvas and then I use the grid method um so pencil that up and add um like a color wash um on top of that as like a mid-tone um, and a lot of the techniques that I've kind of d- been using are kind of partly what I learned at the foundation at the Atelier um, and just other research into kind of more old master style paintings. Um, I've Yeah, but still experimenting with it because the again, this daydream one that I was doing, um, I use like a and with a lot of the other ones where they're a lot more detailed, I use a grisaille layer. 
Grisel, Grisel, I don't know how you're supposed to say it, but the black and white layer essentially. And then you just glaze on top. Um, but because I did that black and white layer too detailed at the start, I ended up almost, yeah, just painting it twice, which it was fine because it, it got the results that I wanted. Yeah. But then um, logistically, like, it just wouldn't work for me to do that on a commercial scale or not necessarily commercial scale, but like to, I just wouldn't be able to create paintings fast enough to do that. So, so yeah, after the black and white layer, generally um, a series of like color glazes and scumbling um, on top to create the final image. Um, but yeah, again, kind of moving away from that slightly to create work more quickly and more a la prima um, rather than glazing. So, Ala Prima just painting um, in one go. So you you're not you're not waiting for layers to dry necessarily. You're just painting wet on wet, um, which means you have to be a lot more careful with your uh, with your color choice. I'm learning, which um, yeah actually makes it really hard, <laughs> but really enjoyable. So how important is it for you to show the process of your work? Like, is it important for you to document it and and make sure that you know like people who are looking at your yeah, work understand I mean, how much work actually goes into is for me initially like I did it because I was like oh it'd be fun to see a before and after and just kind of curious as to how a sped up version of that would look like um and I'd kind of when I started doing it I'd like show friends and whatever and they um they were like really interested in seeing how it's done um and and maybe it's just because I'm so used to it, but I didn't really think that much about it. But obviously then with social media, it's it's almost like a really easy way to create some kind of content of just being out, just having something recording you. Um, and as well, um, for the faster ones, it's a lot easier to kind of see the before and after of the whole creation of the image. Um, but I think the process... I. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot from just watching other people, other artists on Instagram post their process videos. Um, even if it's just tiny little clips um, of something, and I'll be like, "Oh, I might just give that a try." And so, I mean, I don't know if any of mine do that for any other anybody else, but if it does help other artists or give them something to oh, experiment with, then you know, I'm all for it. And as well, it helps people understand or get an idea of, yeah, like you said, what goes into it really and how long they take or the process. Um, I had a friend who said that the, the like sped up videos look like I'm trying to swap flies with the with the paintbrush, which I thought was quite funny. Um, uh -huh. And just, yeah, some people were they're like, oh, my God, you're using such a small paintbrush for such a large painting kind of thing. And um, so, yeah, I think it it's just a some people find it interesting and if if you don't then you just scroll on don't you so if people like it they'll watch it <laughs> the reason i ask is because i feel like with somebody like you and the, the paintings you create and how detailed they are i feel like it's very easy to look at that and be like oh this is a really cool painting it's technically really well done and you don't think anything of like how long did this actually take you to make and like the fact mm -hmm. that this is not a photograph, it's a painting. And I feel like, in a way, 
because your work is quite realistic, you kind of have to prove that it's not a photograph. You have to kind yeah, of prove yeah, definitely. that you put the time um, into it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I think as well, um, so when, again, keep referencing this, but at the other art fair, um, a friend of mine was kind of holding my store whilst I went to the bathroom and um, some people like walked past it and was like, oh yeah, some, and then they were just like, oh yeah, that's just some photographs. And then my friend was like, oh no, no, that, that's not a photograph, <laughs> that, that's a painting. And it's only when they found out it was a painting mm-hmm. that um, they went and looked at it a bit longer to actually realise that it wasn't. But um, yeah, I think it's easy online to just look at stuff, look at images and just assume that it's a photograph or um, because you're just glancing at it. People don't spend that long looking at stuff necessarily on their phone. So yeah, I think you're right. By having process videos, you can kind of see the work that goes into it. And yeah, like I said, just proves that it's not a photograph. (laughs) How often, it kind of gets into social media a bit, so I'll kind of keep it brief, but like, how often do you consider, I don't know how much people, I don't know how much people are comfortable with it, but like how much, how do you ever consider sitting down and like having one of your paintings and just discussing the painting? Like discussing kind of like where the resource material came from, what your thoughts were when I was painting it, you know, kind of like, just that kind of stuff, like can I dive into the symbology of it? Have you ever thought about doing something like that? Uh, like a deep dive in, into one painting of yours. What materials are used and like, all oh, right, uh, I yeah. guess not. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really thought of doing that, but I could do. Um, I don't know. It's not. It it's kind of odd. I suppose like it's not like I use. Uh, yeah, no. I I still have to use affordable paints. It's not like I'm using the most expensive paintbrushes, kind of oh, thing. No, of course. Um, but but isn't that even better though? Because that means any artists with any like I mean. To me, it's like to me, mm. that would make you so much more relatable because look at the work you're creating with the materials you have. Yeah, I that suppose, means I yeah. could create that. You know, it makes you way more relatable than it wouldn't. Personally, I would look at that and be like, oh no, <laughs> Pippa only uses this cheap paintbrush. <laughs> I'd be like, you painted that with that. Yeah, you know, you have to true. you have to think of it like that. Like people, that could really help people. That could really give people the confidence to pick up a paintbrush, any paintbrush, and create amazing work. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it's a good work. point actually, and. I don't know if it's just because uh, all the people I follow on Instagram, they're like, and I know you shouldn't compare yourself, but they're all people that have like, you know, been at these ateliers or they teach at these ateliers and they're like, they're obviously incredibly knowledgeable. And then for me, just someone that I've taken some, like the probably most minuscule bit of information and like use that for my painting. And if uh, it's, I don't want to do it as if it's like, oh, this is how you should do this. It's more like so I do it as like, a, oh, I do it like this, but, you know, you might find a better way of doing it. So, yeah, maybe I could do something like that. Just frame it. Yeah, yeah. Just frame it as following me on my art journey. Oh, thanks, Aaron. There you go. It's all you have to do. Not just that, like, are you not looking at the work you're creating? But are you not looking at the work you're creating? You're saying, you're saying, oh, these people create amazing work. They're knowledgeable. Oh, like, but so are you. You're not as knowledgeable, but you are clearly knowledgeable somehow because look at what you're creating. I feel like you need to really, 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 <laughs> really, really have the confidence to match your work. Oh, thanks, so. That's really what I think you need. 
Like I truly feel like that because I feel like every single time you say something, I'm like, what are you doing? Your part, like, you know, your work is amazing. You know, mm-hmm. like, like don't undersell yourself because you could have an incredibly good career. You just need to make sure that you have that confidence to back it up and be like, look oh, at what thanks. I'm creating. Yeah, I think, creating I think I get, <laughs> have, maybe I just get honest, too used to it. I don't know. Like um, have that confidence. Yeah. True, but yeah, that you. is very true. That. But I don't know. I think you need to, you need to look at it mm. from uh, an objective point of view and look at it like in terms of like what you're offering people. It's not just about, oh, I created this. It's mm. about, this is what I'm offering people. The same way you look at the art and you think this is crazy and amazing. They probably think the same way as you and they're just like, yeah, okay, cool. I rocked it out. I, you know, <laughs> knocked this out in an hour. And to you, that'd be like <laughs> 10 years worth of work or something. And it's like, you're right. You get used to it. But you also need to look at it and realize you have value in what you're doing. You know, I don't know. It's it's a weird one. Like it's and I get it because as an artist, you know, mm. I've talked for myself, it's hard to find value in your own work because you create it. But you also need to realize you're creating it for a reason. You've compiled to you create it. So therefore it must mean something. And if people are buying yeah, it, did, it must mean something. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um it's yeah, definitely something I need to work on. I think it's because as you probably know, but like you when you go into this whole like realm of artists or photography or whatever you kind of realize how much you don't know and maybe that's where I'm at where like oh I I feel like I'm bumbling Mm. through a lot of it but I just yeah but yeah I do I do enjoy what I create so but there's a there's a there's a huge beauty in that though there's a huge beauty in not knowing things there's there's such a you're because you're in like the perfect zone where you can do whatever you want Mm. you're not restricted by an audience to tell you what to do you know, you have free reign and there's mm. that's something to not take for granted because in the future, in two, three years, when you have a huge audience and your work is being sold, you're going to have way more pressure on you to have to create. Like if you have a gallery show, if you if you get represented by a gallery, <laughs> you're going to have that pressure of having to create work. You're yeah, in a position now where you don't have that pressure. Like this Enjoy it. become a bit of a therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> it, it always does apparently to come to people, which is great. Perfect. But I don't know. I just kind of, I look at people like yourself mm. and I'm like, I see your potential yeah. and I feel like you just need to recognize it. But then again, as you said, it's, it's easier for you to, this is like, this is like the best thing, like me doing the fine fruit ball, like the best thing for me is that I see people's potential. I get to look at artists like yourself and be like, I could see where they could go. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, I know a gallery that they'd be great in. Or like, you know, I know people that they'd be really good to connect with. And for me, it's perfect because I get to connect you with that. Um, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's, it's interesting. People like yourself interest me because... I have so many cool ideas for you. I have so many cool, interesting content, potential potential content ideas or like things like that or like um, <clears throat> opportunities that you could have your work presented in. And it's like, why not help people like yourself? It'd be great, you know? I don't know. We've spoke yeah. about this previously anyway, but you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, I appreciate it though. It's strange to me. I don't know. It's, it's strange. I see people and I'm like, why would this person, you know, not be in a, having a career because you because you telling me that you have a job I was very surprised I was very surprised and I was like oh and then I was like oh okay (laughs) and to hear that you're painting one day a week I'm like that's really amazing but like it should be three days you know and it will be be great if I could and it and it will be three days because it will happen eventually it's just a case of being patient and kind of I would say to everybody not this people probably going to cut out because I'm rambling but like I would just say to everybody to like spend a week with your work and actually think about what your work is about and kind of ask you like write down like I say to everybody it's something that I've been giving, it's advice I've been giving to people recently that nobody asked for and it's just like 
look at all your work together on a screen or in real life if you can have it printed and go through each image and ask yourself what you like from those images and write down the key themes that you like write down what you're interested in write down what works for you write down what doesn't work for you and everything that works look at that and think how can i create this into a new body of work or what themes do i like that i can continue on or what do i like to do and then that would be your next body of work it's not that hard to find mm-hmm. something i don't know I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of suggestions. I just have no to tell. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. And I really appreciate it because it is, yeah. like you said, being or creating artwork, it is isolating. So yeah. it's quite rare, really, that I'm able to chat to someone that is very kindly, like, into the work that I do. Um, like, so, yeah, it's it's nice. <laughs> this is like this is why I do the podcast. Like, yeah, it's, it's not the most popular podcast. And it doesn't get the most views. It doesn't make me any money, actually. But it's valuable in other ways, I think. So mm. I don't know. It's cool. We'll see what happens. So I'm very curious, as I'm curious with actually all the artists, is like, what is your working environment like? Like, do you have a studio? Um, so I recently, well, I started off just doing it in the corner of my bedroom, hmm. um, which um, worked out for the time. And then um, I was lucky enough to win, or not win, sorry. I wish that'd be great. Um, I got second prize in yes. the Boynes Emerging Art um, Award last year. Um, and there was just a bit of money that came with that. So I put that towards getting a studio this year, which I'm actually currently in. Although, um, yeah, it, which I've absolutely loved. Like the girls here are amazing. And it's been really nice working around people where they're also creative and just again it not being that isolating as much when I'm painting um and but yeah unfortunately it means that um because there was like a limited amount of money of course it's not something I'm able to continue so um I'll probably go back to um my dad bless him has got a spare room in (laughs) in his one of uh, in his house so I'm going to be paying from there to have a bit more room um but yeah, so I've had this studio space, which has been brilliant. Um, and it's definitely something I'd love to do again. But it's just, yeah, because of times. Bonuses, yeah. Not... Bonuses, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you can do it, like, I definitely recommend it. So will that affect the scale of your work? Um, well... I mean, the paint, the really large ones that I was doing, they were the ones that I was doing in the corner of my bedroom. Um, wow. So, um, but the, yeah, I'm, I'm because I'm doing, I'm now doing um, paintings with a time constraint or just trying to get them done within a day or so, um, which it's more that that impacts on the size of the paintings. Because um, mm. I think with the kind of work that I do, you're up so close to the painting for you know just figuring out one section of it you don't necessarily have to have a big space to do it um it's more just contorting your body and being able to sit Uh in a certain position for long enough yeah for so long yeah um so so yoga blocks help with that if anyone's interested um but yeah so it wouldn't necessarily change the scale it's more the time constraint which I'm looking at which will um and as well doing much larger pieces I've found that 
um, it's just so much more hassle like logistically um, you know if I would like when I'm looking at competitions and stuff um, and maybe there a lot of the realism um, market is in America and yeah. the cost for me to yeah, to ship, ship over is going to be insane. yeah without knowing that it's going to get sold I just can't afford it so hmm. um hopefully if by doing smaller bits I can kind of do that slowly or be actually just be able to send stuff places um that's a bit more affordable I think it'd be really interesting personally to see you do like a mini series of paintings just like maybe like mm. a collection of 10 paintings that are really small that I just kind of designed just to just to kind of draw more interest into bigger pieces of work. You know, I don't know really, I don't really know what. But it would be mm-hmm. kind of interesting to see you change your scale in a way that makes you uncomfortable. I think that'd be interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the yeah, I mean, what you're saying is um definitely agree. And that's kind of what I'm looking to do because obviously smaller work is, you know, doesn't take as long to produce. But um I suppose the other thing that I'm toying with at the moment is whether to do things um, any bigger than life size. Mm. Um, because, so I find that by enlarging something, obviously you're able to get more detail in there. So inevitably it makes it more realistic. Um, whereas when you're when it's something a bit more life-size you're not able to you kind of have to use more suggestions rather than physical paintbrush strokes to get the detail there so it's almost you're trying to fit more the same amount of information if not more information in a small amount of space which is just harder in general so I don't know whether that yeah just looking at that as a technical challenge for myself really but I quite like your idea about when you say that I kind of think of a zoomed in like segment of something so it wouldn't be necessarily like the whole image just like a a weird um abstracted kind of set portion of an image did I ever send you the work of or do you know of the work of Felicity Beaumont oh I'm really bad with names but if I saw a picture (laughs) I can't remember like I know I sent her work to somebody and I sent yeah, it might have been you. I can't remember if it was you. It could have been anybody at this point. Honestly, it really oh, could actually, have been. I think I think it might have been. Is um because I think she sorry, I'm just looking now. What was her name? Felicity. Felicity Beaumont. Beaumont. Because there's a woman that um oh no, okay. Okay. Oh, interesting. No, I've not seen that. Okay, that's perfect. Um, just because I, when you say close-ups, like that's her work. Most that makes me think instantly of her work and like how she mm. does these segments of bodies as opposed to the whole thing. It's like a suggestion, mm. not a an actuality. And not just that. Like I'm kind of curious to see, like if you were to work on a smaller scale, would you put more detail in or less detail in? Like that's what I'm interested to know. Uh, mm. Not now, like from you now, but I'm just interested to see because it's just like you'd have to make a decision whether you want to be more abstract or more real. Mm. You know, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. It's just something that I. Hey, look, don't do it if you don't want to do it. Just a no, it's interesting. I yeah, I'm quite intrigued now because I kind of don't really know the answer myself. I think it would be yeah, you just have to do it to figure it out. Because <laughs> like I think in a way, but like, I feel like art is like an answer, and you have to find the question. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what art is. I think maybe it could definitely be that. 
I mean, I, I pretty much did that with my last series. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, um, maybe it's the case. Anyway, game. Sorry, game. Resident question is the first complete tangent, but that's perfect. It's what I love about this. So, like, do you ever get lonely? This is obviously based from Mr. Mark Thompson, and obviously, I don't know, Alice King. I don't know if you know of her work. Somebody asked us. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I follow her stuff. It's really nice so, stuff. Um, so lovely lady. But yeah, like so. Yeah. They both kind of we're talking about the idea of loneliness and creating art. Like, do you ever get lonely whilst creating art? I don't, I wouldn't say I necessarily get lonely because I kind of enjoy the isolation of it. Because uh, you can't, well, for me anyway, I just like kind of go into my little world. Um, and yeah, because it is quite a meditative state. So I wouldn't say it's lonely. I think more like on a high level, like the, just the whole career maybe in general, um, maybe we touched on this before but that in itself um just feeling a bit lonely in that in itself because um yeah I'm still figuring it all out but the, yeah the actual no any even if I do I've been in the studio I'm lucky enough to kind of just I'll just take my phones off and chat to someone or whatever mm-hmm. but when it is just in the corner of my bedroom um again I might have housemates or whatever that I can chat to um when I need to so yeah, I've been been quite lucky. I think I don't think I get lonely. So how do you define yourself as an artist without putting yourself into a box? Uh, <laughs> I suppose I uh, well, I say that I do realism, um, but then when I Google realism, it doesn't necessarily look like <laughs> what I produce. Yeah. Um, so then I kind of say hyperrealism, but then again, even that, I don't necessarily, I don't, it doesn't feel like I create hyperrealist works when you look up really close, it doesn't look like a hair. And there's, I don't know if you know the Ibex masters. Yeah, that that's insane. So, um, but yeah, I think a lot of people are probably able to um, easily imagine that in their head when you kind of say that. So that's kind of how I describe it. But um yeah, maybe that'll change. I don't know. Because the thing is, like, as an artist, you want to evolve. You know, you mm. don't want to be just doing the same, well, necessarily, be creating the same image over and over again. And it's kind yeah. of like, how do you give yourself that leeway to evolve, but also keep similar so that people don't just do your work and be like, oh, Pippa's just doing something so random that we never would have expected. She's just t- <laughs> now painting neon landscapes, which is, you know, a cool, good idea, but, you know. Um. Yeah, I get what you mean. I think, Maybe it feels almost like what you're kind of touching on is almost like myself as a brand, like how I would describe that or um, if, if yeah. Um, and I suppose the only uh, common factor is the fact that I, it's just me that paints them. So um, there's that. And yeah, it's a good question. I think because yeah like you said because there's nothing really stopping me from just being like oh I'll sack off the portraits I'll just do a landscape instead um and then I but then yeah I would have to go through a whole process of then just creating loads of landscapes to actually like show all of that yeah it's the whole thing so um yeah I I think like you said before I'm kind of lucky at this point in my journey that 
because I don't have those external pressures, I can kind of experiment with all that a little bit Hmm. um, and just create stuff that I like creating. Um, And then I imagine at some point, maybe I'll have a bit more of an existential crisis and change (laughs) it, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I think I'm still figuring it out, really. Um, Because I, I, yeah. No, so I, say, I think it's funny that you feel like you need a, a crisis to, fit, to change direction like no I feel like so one piece of advice I'd give you that I was just thinking about when you were saying that is that like how often I just said a piece of advice and I'm asking a question but okay cool uh like how often do you ask people to write about your work oh uh almost never I you should I've had <laughs> about to say you should I don't know how, exactly who necessarily who'd be qualified but you should ask people to write about your work, write, ask people to write a paragraph about your work, because then that way, from that, you can get people's different opinions of your work. And also, it will help you to figure out not just how you're seen externally, but also, like, it, does that actually align with what your message is? Does that actually align with mm. what you're interested in? Yeah, it's a really good idea. I Because um, I've had some, I think, um, I had some stuff in some magazines um, a while back and um yeah it was really interesting because a lot of them made that um uh what was it with uh forgotten the painting now oh the um ophelia painting yeah. they kind of made that distinction or that similarity with my work and i, I honestly just didn't think of that when i was doing it so exactly. yeah i think it i think you're right it'd be a good way to kind of find out new things about it and how people see it um but yeah, I haven't, yeah, just not something I thought about really. I just right now, I'm like, I'm gonna give that advice to everybody I, I speak yeah, to. Yeah, do. <laughs> I think I think it's a really I think because like having people write about your work really adds value to how they see it and also mm-hmm. like how you then see it. It's like having this conversation, it's like hopefully at some point this conversation would have helped you in some way or like it would have inspired yeah, you in some way. Yeah. Um and it helps you see your work slightly differently than you did before. Yeah, Yeah, and I I think as well, um, I mean, for me anyway, I talk to my partner or my friends about my work and it's it's almost like you're kind of in a bit of an echo chamber of of what you're doing. So it's it's good to get other people's perspectives and comments on your work and because yeah, everyone's gonna see something differently. Um and maybe you're going, you know in a direction which is not what you want or like what not what you're after so yeah definitely good as, as like a rain check and just make keep yourself on track I guess yeah yeah so recalibrate yourself as I like to say mm. you know oh, yeah. because that's a good phrase <laughs> um so do you feel like you're actually talking about kind of connections and, and echo chambers like do you feel like you're mm. part of a larger art community yeah so I, I kind of dabble um the people the wonderful people that I met at the other art fair the other artists um you know I I follow them on Instagram and stuff and um I definitely could be a lot better at um you know making more of those relationships I guess um but then and I think personally I'd probably be it'd be good for me to delve into more maybe the realism kind of community um online but again 
yeah I, it's just one of those things that I think in line with me just being a bit pants at marketing myself it's part of that really but I for me it, it's a lot easier to do it if I just chat to someone in person or um if I was to actually meet them and that's kind of what got me thinking about the mentorship initially was like oh maybe if I just I could actually just like meet the artists that I that, that I really admire and follow um and even then like that it feels like that would be incredibly valuable for me um to just like learn from them um and just get to meet them and like yeah. all that kind of stuff so it, maybe when I do eventually do that at some point um I will probably feel more part of the community but um yeah like there's people like Simona Rusheva I don't know how, how do you pronounce her last name Rusheva Rusheva I said Rusheva but when she when I asked her she was like that's not how you pronounce it oh no sorry <laughs> but I always say but I always say I always say Simona Rusheva so. oh um yeah and she she's great she like reached out to me when we were doing the other art fair and she was like oh like we should do this and the other and we ended up going to the, another one of the fairs together and like went and visited Perfect. and met with the other artists so yeah maybe I just need to be more like Simona <laughs> no she's she's just so wonderful like I love her yeah. recent body of work she's done so much mm. so quickly like I'm so yeah, happy for her crazy. but see but like this I think like that's your potential as well you know this is the thing it's not just limited just to her or just to the select few yeah and and I suppose by um you know or knowing her or at least like seeing her journey online um as well it kind of you know shows that you can do it and all that oh yeah 100% and also you know somebody who's doing it so you you Mm. have a a good idea of what to expect and you can learn from her mistakes like have that conversation reach out like I'm sure she'll give you the her time oh yeah definitely I just um yeah, I should catch, catch up with her. I haven't spoken to her for a while. I need to really catch up with her. I'm going to send a message later and be like, hello. <laughs> so, kind of like off that topic, like kind of like from this topic, actually, something that I was talking to an artist about this morning, actually. Um, mm. Artist called Donna Irvin, who I've interviewed at some point. I can't remember when. It was a while ago. Number 36. I remember the numbers, which is weird. Uh, number 36. Um, not that they're just a number, but issue number 36. <laughs> Um, she's a lovely landscape artist from Scotland with the best accent ever. And she's just such a wonderful mm. person. But um, she reposted, she did a post yesterday on Instagram talking about self-portraits and selfies and the idea of being just like kind of not particularly comfortable with posting images of herself and wondering mm. how people are going to kind of look at her and judge her or think about her um, and how it impacts her kind of brand or her work. And I'm kind of curious mm-hmm. to ask you like a very similar question in terms of like, do you find it easy to post images of yourself online in accordance with your work and kind of make yourself into a brand as well as just your art yeah no I've never been that kind of selfie gal uh so um yeah definitely something I need to get better at and like it's it's not necessarily because I'm um worried necessarily about what people will think it's more just um I don't know I feel like my work's more interesting, but <laughs> but I suppose then there's other artists that I follow, and it's just it's almost you'll make you make that connection, don't you, with mm. just seeing someone's face um, and knowing their work, and it's almost just like easier to kind of remember if someone was to mention them or whatever, because I'm definitely re- only remember faces, I can't remember names. So um, 
yeah I've, I've only done like a few more just like studio shots or whatever because um you know it's easier for like promo bits but um yeah it's the whole reels thing like I'm not a fan of just having that camera in my face and like Ooh. so yeah maybe I just need to get better at it so if you're not if okay so if you're not a fan of having the camera in your face at least have your voice in the room yeah because I feel like it's, it's the reason that I send everybody voice messages well mm. I send most people voice messages and text messages because sending somebody a voice message is quite personal but it's also you understand what the person means through their voice it's not because text messages can be construed anyway yeah same as an image definitely. same as an image it can be construed anyway but having your voice there, you know, we'll hear the passion you're talking about your work. We'll hear yeah. the, the truthfulness yeah. in your voice. Um, and also, I'm just at the minute really obsessed with um, artist reels that have voiceovers with the artists talking about their work. I'm mm. absolutely obsessed with them. I think they're so cool. Um, so I'm like encouraging everybody to do that. But not just <laughs> that. I feel like we live in a very kind of parasocial relationship kind of society. And I feel like people aren't just investing in your art. They're also investing in you. So they want to kind of know the artists behind the art. I feel like a lot of artists underestimate how much people actually just want to know about them as well, not just their work. Yeah, it's and a really good point. It's, it's something I talk to quite often with quite a lot of artists about, and it's kind of, it's interesting because those small little themes always pop up. And it's like, I'm not telling everyone to, you know, go out and be like, you know, super vocal and kind of, you know, post every single minute detail of your life. But I'm mm. saying like, just kind of think about how you can kind of inject yourself a little bit more into your story so people get more familiar with you as a person behind your work because at the end of the day like looking at your work I'd be like oh who's creating this I'd love to know mm. who's creating this why they created this you know where do they come from for them to create this work why is this important to them you know these kind of questions that maybe it's just the way I think about artists but like you know we're human beings are curious and I feel like you have to remember that that we're always going to be curious about things we see yeah it's a good point and actually um I mean you've got art on your walls like technically mm. you're you're a collector um yeah, <laughs> just that, but a lot of people are nowadays like they they buy maybe art they see online or whatever and buy it makes complete sense to me like especially like when you say it out loud about oh you just want to understand more about who's created it of course you would because you're kind of you're buying into that and you kind of uh um if you like the image you kind of want to understand more behind it to almost validate what your thoughts are about it to make sure because obviously with other types of con like consuming um of products like you know your research into oh was it ethically made da, 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 and just do a bit of research behind it so it makes very logical sense that you would do the same when you're buying art really yeah. I don't know, I just think people just, artists just underestimate how actually interesting they are because you create art. That's very interesting. Not everybody does. Like, there's mm. a reason for that. Like, you may not know yourself, but like, it'll be interesting to just understand the people, person behind the art. And mm. not just that, from my experience so far, artists are just such wonderful people. They're just so interesting. Um, and they don't realize mm -hmm. it. So, definitely think about that. That's all I'd say. Yeah, to I any, mean, to I've anybody. got a whole, I've got a whole list now. So, <laughs> 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 thanks, Aaron. Right. So like, what are your thoughts on social media? Yeah, it's a, it's a complex one. I think if you're clever about it and you can use it to obviously sell loads of work, which is great. And I know of artists that are able to do that. But I think social media in itself can be 
quite damaging like if you're I don't know if you find the same but if I I can end up doom scrolling on there and just feel like pants afterwards because I've not done anything for two hours um so I feel like the consumption of social media uh just need to be careful of I suppose but I think it can be a really powerful tool which um for artists in general which is something that I'm still learning to do um yeah it's 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 almost like having a balance with it um making sure that it doesn't become all-consuming that you're not just creating content for the sake of creating content and there's a massive pressure nowadays obviously to create stuff that and you have to do it because there's like this trending thing that's happening and you know if you get sucked up and well I find that if I got myself sucked up into that I wouldn't create anything because I'd just Mm. be constantly like chasing these fleeting things um so yeah I don't know I mean I know that there's other apps out there which are like testing out different ways to promote artists um but yeah I don't know I think it's a hard one because obviously Instagram's free so it means it's really accessible which I think is really important um but then you get like oh yeah I don't know it's a complex relationship really I think it can be good and bad depending on how you use it because the only thing that I'd say to to people just to consider to remember that Instagram is not a portfolio Instagram is just stepping stone to your website which is your portfolio mm-hmm. um, I think you're fine because you have a website and most artists have websites so that they'll be fine in the sense but I feel like it's always I feel like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be great um to you mm-hmm. know to be like the most popular to be the most successful and it's like that's not like you have to I feel like people need to just ask themselves like what is it that they want it's something, it's something that I've been asking myself and also been telling everyone else to do very recently mm-hmm. just like ask yourself what do you want from what you're doing like ask yourself mm-hmm. like are you after a lot of money if you are then go a commercial successful route if you're not after yeah. money then think about what else is that you're chasing because then like, this is your time we're putting into this and you're not going to get this time yeah. back so you, know, you have to kind of just be comfortable with what you're doing I guess yeah I think yeah absolutely I completely agree it's like yeah just being conscious and mindful of like how you're using it and making sure it aligns with how you like yeah the outcomes you want I suppose um but yeah as a business tool I'm still learning how to do it properly but I think everybody is I think even the influencers (laughs) even like those influencers that are making millions or like who have a career or who have been who have a livelihood like they're it's kind of interesting because we're all looking at them like oh, I would love that. But it's like, they're not secure because Instagram could change mm. tomorrow and their livelihood will be absolutely down the drain. At yeah. least at this point in time, you have a job. So you are, in some ways, find it more financially secure. Like, mm. weirdly, it's weird that it sounds. Like, you have an alternative. So it's not yeah, like, yeah. all your eggs are not in one basket that could get blown away by a hurricane. You know? It's kind of like, <laughs> it was a random analogy, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Think of it like that. Like, think of, because I see a lot of artists like yourself who aren't full-time artists but they want to be and I think Mm. that's a great ambition to have but just bear in mind that being a full-time artist comes with a lot of responsibilities and a lot of risks and I don't always think it's what it's cracked up to be it's never going to be as fun as it looks so yeah I yeah I think that's why I'd want to go into it knowing or feeling at least I know a bit more about what I'm doing or at least having like a more consistent stream of income from it and knowing having that stability I think 
from it. Um, but, then, but then also think about diversifying your income. Don't just have incomes mm. from paintings. Think about selling postcards. Think about licensing images. Think about, uh, yeah. um, you know, NFTs if people still are buying them nowadays. I've got no idea okay. if that crazy. Yeah. Over. <laughs> you know, but also think, but like also think next level. Think like, okay, AI art is currently popular. How can you do something with that that will kind of get your work noticed or kind of mm. integrate that into your work or you know as you and I have had this conversation about AI art yeah, yeah you know and it's like it's like you know even like TikTok like how can you use TikTok to your advantage in a way that's different to everybody else because everybody's posting the same content between Instagram and and TikTok mm. how can you create something different like why don't you duet or stitch I can't remember which one is like reels with like your own work people whose work you enjoy or I don't know there's, mm. like, there's like different ways to utilize the platforms we have to extend the reach of your work in different ways yeah I feel like it's just thinking about that a little bit more might be a good idea then I'm no expert what do I know I'm also just still Me learning not. and having no idea so <laughs> uh, like I said I'd add it to the list there's quite a long list now <laughs> <laughs> right okay so um but now we hit the conclusion section because like I'm just rambling at this point I feel like you should probably you're probably sick of this <laughs> right anyways um so what do you do in the downtimes when things are quiet and like what keeps you motivated to keep creating? Um, so, yeah, I, I try and like just go out for a walk or something or like, yeah, be out in nature. It's always nice. Like go to the woods or go to the beach. Um, obviously spend time with family and friends and my partner. Um, I love food. Like can't get enough of good food. Um uh yeah like a lot of wholesome stuff I suppose I've been trying out bouldering um which is pretty fun what's that um, it's like um like you, you know the rock climbing gyms where you have the ropes yeah. but you just don't have ropes you just oh, have, wow. um yeah you just have to rely on your own strength in terms of I don't have like a huge amount so <laughs> that's <laughs> um, not the best time to find that out (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's I've not fallen off the wall yet but um no it's really good fun um and I'm my lifelong uh aim to try and be able to surf is still ongoing um so yeah and just yeah stuff like that really just be outside um spend time in nature and with family and friends really like so how would you like to challenge yourself next year yeah I think um I think it will be a continuation of what I'm doing at the moment so having more of a time constraint um I'd love to learn more about color um and just how to use that better um but I think a bigger challenge will be to um establish myself better as a brand like kind of what we touched on before but and just the whole marketing side and just being a bit more business savvy with everything and I think that for me anyway is a big challenge in itself um but I think it's a key step really into getting it into a viable career so I think that'll be one of the main things um I am actually, I have my work with a gallery at the moment just outside of London oh, wow. in Rickmansworth, um, Sinclair Gallery. They, I kind of found them through, I don't know if you know the ARC um, salon. They're, so they're, I think, American-based, but they're like, um, uh, it's all about realism, basically. They host um, competitions every year, and they're, they're like the, 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 the big 
the bee's knees or like the big fish um of the realism world um and they have like a list of all these ateliers um or galleries which are associated with realism and so i found them on there um and esther who owns the gallery bless her like i took my work to her and she was um very lovely about my work and taken that but it's just um obviously it's a cost living crisis so no one's really buying artwork (laughs) so um yeah it might be that as well will be a challenge and just trying to establish the best way to sell my work i suppose okay that's cool that's but like that's an interesting challenge that would be cool to see how you deal with it you know the trials and tribulations of being an artist at the end of the day yeah. i mean like, i've got lots of your tips now as well so hopefully they'll help <laughs> i honestly don't know if i have anything to say of any value i feel like i just say <laughs> things to people at this point i'm just like i'm just a random guy from england who just says things to people at this point that's i give people advice they didn't ask for that's all i do in my life um <laughs> what a great place to be <laughs> i mean it could be worse i could i must say i could be sitting at home drinking tea and eating biscuits but that would probably be better anyways um Same time. so <laughs> I could do both actually. Um, so <laughs> I have a question for you from the last artist I interviewed, which is an incredible oh, yeah. creative artist called Lisa Zaman, whose work I would totally send you because she's just awesome. And she's actually, oh, actually, she'd be the perfect person to ask about business because she's so good mm. and so savvy at business. So I'm definitely going to put you in touch with her. Uh, her name's already here, but I'm going to write Ooh, down again I'll anyway. have to look her up after this. Um, yeah. I'll send you. Um, I'll send you her uh, work. Do I have a list? Of, yeah, I have a list of people to send you anyway. Amazing. Um, um sorry i forgot what the question was, what was no but question? i didn't say it. so the question oh, right. was i <laughs> know i didn't say the question that's why i typically rambling thinking that should be the papa yeah should be yeah because what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to think also as you're saying you know about business like who can i as i as i've said earlier and as i'm going to continue to say like who can i not pay up with or match up with i feel like i'm an artistic matchmaker which is great but like <laughs> who who do i know that would be beneficial to you that would help you mm. that will actually probably give you the time or at least be somebody worthwhile you talking to because, you know, I know a lot of people who are full-time artists, but like there has to be like, the right kind of person, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I suppose it will needing to be a like reciprocal relationship so that like I wouldn't want to go into it feeling like I'm just stealing, all, not stealing, but like yeah. just um, leeching all of their energy off them. So it, yeah, if there was any way that I could reciprocate uh, have you ever heard of the artist advisory marina granger artist advisory. marina granger did you say yeah yes no advisory. i don't think i had it to the list because so so i have a this is a quick tangent but it's a, it's a relevant tangent and i think everybody probably knows about it anyway but there's an artist friend i have called laurie levy bennett i'm sure it's pronounced levy but i say levy because i'm british um <laughs> and every other sunday she runs a zoom workshop and it's um at about th- here in the UK, it's 3 p.m. Obviously, it's American, okay. but it's about 8 to 9. I'll send you the link. There's one actually this Sunday, if you're available. You might not be. But um, yeah, it's kind of like a resource for artists. They're, like, they're different things. So some of them are like tax-related. Some of them are Instagram-related. Some of them are like, mm-hmm. get your work online, get your work seen. And it's kind of, they're really great thing, like Zoom workshops to go to, just to kind of A, meet other artists, B, have a sense of like how people feel about things, and C, just to kind of, give you a little bit more business side insight and kind of a bit more insight just generally into the industry and how people, other people see art. Something that you might be very much interested. There might be something that everybody might yeah. be interested in. I'm trying to get more people from the UK to be involved because 
I feel like I'm the only person from the UK there. Everyone else is American. And I'm like, <laughs> it's cool because it's a whole different kind of experience. And it's a whole different kind of, whole different set of artists that you never would meet because they're American. And not just that, it's not just about being American, but it's just, it could be, it's a really, really valuable resource. And, and Laurie is like super kind. She's also another person I'm going to send you away. Um, Cause yeah, she's like super kind with her time and her resources and her energy. And I feel like, Things like that you should take advantage of. Like look for Zoom workshops, look for, you know, yeah. online tutorials, look for classes, you know, even like Skillshare, take a Skillshare class, you know, or even think about creating your own Skillshare class in the future, yeah. you know, stuff like that. God, this list but, is getting longer and longer. Good ideas though. Right, oh, yeah, sorry. I, no, 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 no problem. So obviously, sorry, going back to the actual question I'm going to be asking you, um, from <laughs> Lisa's Alvin, <laughs> I feel so bad, but no, don't. So if you could acquire any creative skill without practice or knowledge, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Creative skill. Mm. Now, I did look at this question before, and the main thing that comes uh, when you sent it to me, and the, the only thing that keeps popping into my head that still, like, just won't go away, but I love the idea of, like, learning a piano or something and just being able to play the piano perfectly would be amazing mm. um but yeah I don't know uh, mm. but then you wouldn't it's a hard one because then if you feel well actually maybe photography <laughs> yeah. maybe photography there we go say that that'd be pretty useful um I don't know because I feel like the process in a lot of creative endeavors is quite important but yeah being able to play the piano would be pretty cool that's, um that's a very good call that that's a very good call i've got a keyboard sitting over there and i'm like that's a very good call um <laughs> so, so do you have a question for the next artist i interview um maybe instead of like you know if you could you know if you what do you think your child self would either say or think about you if they were to meet you now I don't know. Is it, have we had that one yet? No. I do ask a similar question of what would your younger self think about your work, but not what would say about yourself. If mm. they met you, say about yourself. Yeah, if you if you if you met your child self, what would they think or say about yeah. you? I don't know. Because yeah. I kind of don't know the answer to the, that question myself. That was my next question for you, but okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> You don't have to quite, you don't have to answer it. It's fine. It's not an issue. No, I mean I'll try and answer it whilst we're here. Um, yeah, I suppose I suppose they would would yeah, my younger self would be really happy that I'm able to create, still create. I think because I was a very weird creative child, so that would be good. Um, maybe they'd probably think I'm a bit too responsible or sensible sometimes maybe i've got to take more risk no risk no reward as they say exactly yeah um, um so i yeah, actually that's not no that's a really good question i like that question okay. a lot um, i actually know <laughs> who i'm gonna i actually know who i'm gonna interview next so i'll send you their work later um okay. i don't know when i'm gonna interview them maybe in about two weeks but um i do know who i'm well i have a couple because uh, i'm an idiot and i ask too many people interviews i have a few people i get into next i just need to figure out who to interview first logistically you must be good at planning things because um, yeah that's a lot 
Well, I have the, so I had the flying through, but I had the website and the podcast all scheduled to January. So I don't need to touch it until January, really, um, to the start of January. So I've got all scheduled. <laughs> it's just a case of, yeah, having things, to, I like things done in advance because it means that I can take a break mm. for a week and do my own photography and not have to think about it yeah. and stuff like that because I need to make sure that I also do what I want to do for myself as well. Even though this is yeah. for myself, this is also for other people. It's kind of like trying to find that balance as well as working especially is quite hard. Yeah. But I don't know. Am I good at planning? I think I didn't realise I was. Also, I write everything down. So I've got a, an actual physical, it's just a, a book that actually has this schedule for the Fine Free World that I've written down. So I can say who's going to be on Fine Free World in three weeks' time by looking at it. So it's just easier. Yeah, you sound pretty organised to me. I feel like organisation you... is quite important. <laughs> Would you say that... Um... I don't know, because you've done quite a lot of these now. Would you say it's, like, impacted your work at all? Yes. So, no, so it's actually, so this is funny. Um, so it hasn't impacted my work necessarily. It's impacted me as a person. Like, I'm a very mm. different person now than I was three years ago before I started doing, well, two and a half years ago, three years ago before I started doing this. I was very, very shy. Still am in some respects, but I was very kind of shy, very introverted. I would never have ever sent, like, a voice message to a stranger I didn't know. Never would have done that. <laughs> Never would have put myself on social media because I'm not still even now. Ironically, I say to artists, but I'm the same. Like I don't like really putting myself on social media, but I'm trying to do it more and more because I have a few artist friends who are encouraging and just I understand it's the way things are going. But I'm yeah. a very different person now than I was, say, three years ago. Extremely different and like in the best way possible. So yeah, it's definitely impacted me. And I feel like I have, as cliche as it probably sounds to say, but I feel like I have some sort of value. I don't know. I don't really oh, know. It's kind of yeah. it's interesting. But in terms of my actual work, um, no, because that's only this year that I've shot more stuff. I've shot more stuff this year than I have in the last like five so or so. So I don't know what I'm doing with my own work. It's, I've literally just shot a ton of images this year and I've no idea what I'm doing with any of them. I've just literally left them to the side because <laughs> I'm going to Blackpool <laughs> next week to shoot more because I haven't stopped for some reason. So I don't know. But my that own work. Sounds exciting though. I don't know. Like I think it's made me think more carefully about what I want to put online or like mm. the way I approach being online social media and how meaningless it meaningless it actually is sometimes and how much you we put so much emphasis on it when we don't need to um i don't know it makes me just want to honestly just go and live on the beach somewhere and never talk to anybody ever again yeah, <laughs> to be nice. honest <laughs> kind of kind of makes me want to do that also but you know yeah I, it's so the for me like and this is a tangent so i apologize but the flying fruit bowl no. serves a really good purpose which is like it gives me something to do because like rather than doom scroll on social media you know mm-hmm. looking at stuff i don't care about i'll just send in invitations to people for the flying through ball so when i'm on a coach to blackball for six hours i'll literally be sending out emails that's all i do for the whole six hours if i'm waiting in the airport i'll send out emails yeah. and it's like a constructive use of time so it's like if i'm online i'm not wasting time i'm being constructive so it's i don't know it's i don't know why i do this anymore i really don't but it's good i enjoy it so <laughs> it's good they enjoy it but I think well I know you took a break a while while back uh, but yeah it sounds like it was definitely needed oh 100% like you said that you kind of had a bit you know a new energy for like oh yeah like right now yeah absolutely just right now I'm like I just want to make this into a possible income source make this into something Mm -hmm. where I can really impact people and actually have some kind of valuable impact in like their finances or just like the way that they see their own work, you know. I don't know. Like, there's potential here. I feel. Um, oh, it's just It's just figuring out how to, as as with you, it's just figuring out how to make other people either understand that or kind of just 
manifest that I guess is probably the best mm-hmm. way to put it in terms of like so that it actually becomes something not just oh this could have been again you know um have you looked into sponsorships for the podcast I had this conversation with an artist friend yesterday and they were like <laughs> Aaron they're like Aaron like why have you not got sponsorships yeah. your and I was like I'm very particular about ads and I'm very particular <laughs> about like if somebody was to advertise I'd want things that are relevant um which probably is you know much to my own well, I'm sure seeing... myself in the foot but I'm a bit like mm. I mean like the your friend um that does the artist advisory like whether they could sponsor it or like yeah like that's a good that's a good point like I feel like it'd have to be the right kind of company or like mm. something that I use like Squarespace or something that you know has relevance to artists I don't want just like oh here's this random toothpaste it's like it oh out, yeah no you know because it's just like yeah it will make me money sure but like I just don't it's not I'd rather not have that ad to be honest yeah, and yeah. I don't know I go back and forth but it's something I need to probably, you've mentioned it now and another friend mentioned it I probably should <laughs> look into it yeah I mean the only reason is because all the other artists kind of like ones that I listen to they always like it's you know if you have it everyone understands that it's a necessity yeah. and if it has like a relevance to the podcast or what you're doing then that's like a bonus yeah. um and then a lot of the ones that I've listened to before they it's like art materials or yeah. something like that so yeah I reckon yeah. and that might then help you actually fund doing it yeah. like fund your time yeah that's a good idea I'm gonna look into that I think I feel like I need to look into that now because you mentioned that and I'm like damn it, I should do this um what's the shit okay so next question is from a very good friend actually the friend i've spoken to about sponsorships was mr ryan dean has who i mentioned in probably every single episode who doesn't pay me for it but he will never will but he's just such a wonderful human being i do not care so his question or it's kind of we had a great discussion i'm sure you've had this question we had a great discussion a while ago about which is more important the skill of the artist or the personality of the artist oh i think i remember hearing this question on one of the other ones and it might have been that one um I think maybe it's there's got to be an innate skill of something and um, to like draw you in almost and then the personality of the artist almost then validates that I think um because obviously if you yeah I don't know that's my quick fire thought but I suppose yeah if you're not intrigued by a piece of work, you wouldn't then be um, interested in the person behind it necessarily. But obviously the person behind it is kind of intrinsic actually now, thinking out loud. But obviously if the person isn't, yeah, questionably, if they're not that interesting, do they create interesting work um, or good work? But I don't know. I think it, you definitely have to have both. Um, you can. There's definitely scenarios where you don't have both, and where you got people that, you know, great personalities, but they might not necessarily have the skill. But you can always learn the skill. Um, so I don't know, but I think yeah, the personality is definitely more. I'd say it's probably more important to a degree because then you wouldn't necessarily be maybe as inspired. But then. Sorry, I'm just blabbing no, now, no, no, I'm just like thinking about going, it. I, I love the fact you're going back and forth in the head about like, yeah. no, actually, 
but that, that's but, why I say to people I'd be more personal because if personality is important yeah. you need to make sure that comes through yeah no you are definitely right Erin I think as well yeah and then I compare it as well to like if you were to any other kind of brand or whatever if you like their product but then you found out that they were you know a really shit company then you're not going to buy their product or like if you watch um, a movie with an actor in uh, or actress and you don't you realize that the actor or actress isn't like a nice person or something then you're less inclined to watch the movie so yeah perfect so next question (laughs) we only have about two or three more questions left so what does it mean to be a successful artist ah yeah um I definitely think it depends on what um you define as successful uh I think you're right a lot of artists probably don't necessarily think that is necessarily earning loads of money I don't you know if I can be comfortable and just paint all day that'd be fabulous um what it takes uh is that was that the question I think um yeah maybe just persistence um and just the drive or curiosity to continue with it um and let it take you in different directions um because yeah you can always learn the skills um that you need um I think and then yeah one of those skills being the business side to obviously you know be able to actually do it more often and you do need to make money out of it which is just a fact of life so which is what I'm currently trying to learn um so yeah but yeah I think it depends on what you define as success um because it doesn't have to just be yeah money um some people define success in just, you know, being able to spend more time with their family or something like yeah. that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I'd urge people not to get caught up in what society thinks is success, really. And I think a lot of artists wouldn't anyway, because they, they're not, you know, uh, typically, uh, but it's more of a subculture, I guess, like, or they subvert a lot of social or societal norms anyway. So, it's probably something they used to but um yeah depends what you mean a success but yeah that's very well said um so what makes a good image and what was the last piece wait i said that way let me rephrase that so what makes a good <laughs> piece of art and what was the last image or piece of video that you saw that captivated you and why Ooh, um yeah so a good a good piece of art i think mm, I think there has to be some kind of emotion like combined with some form of aesthetic pleasing quality whether that's texture or uh composition um but yeah it's so subjective and I yeah definitely can't you know if someone does have a really good answer for this then great but I definitely don't (laughs) um yeah I think it's one of those things where when you see it you're like oh yeah that's good and then you'll look at other stuff and be like oh that's kind of missing something not quite sure what it is um so yeah 
but yeah I think some kind of something that kind of resonates with you personally or emotionally or even just aesthetically just yeah the texture and you know yeah I don't know it's hard it was a hard one <laughs> um, so is there anything recently that you saw that captivated you um yeah there's loads all the time uh <laughs> there's so many um there was this artist which after the, I mean there's loads um but like the most recent person I found I will have a quick look now um was because uh, yeah I end up just scrolling I go into massive wormholes I'm sure loads of other people do absolutely um this lady called uh, Miriam Hoffman um she's a mixed media artist um and I kind of like yeah, I looked at her work and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, just because, yeah, and I looked at it and I was like, oh, I'd kind of love my work to be able to do that. Because it was kind of, um, it has a rawness to it, but then she uses lots of different types of media. Um, and it's all portraiture, but really emotive and like quite dramatic. I don't know, I just really liked it. So I'm quite into her stuff at the moment. Um, and then I think there's another artist, which um, oh, I've forgotten the name now. Matthew, he does, oh yeah, Matthew Stone. You probably oh, yes, know Matthew him. Stone. Yeah, I, I think Matthew that's Stone. the one that I sent to you, but you yeah, he does a lot of stuff with um, AI. And again, just it's quite abstract in a way, but then yeah, just really really cool imagery which and the colors and stuff are amazing and it's all yeah kind of a bit weird which I like um but yeah make it that's kind of what spurred me into thinking about the whole AI process because I was like oh that's a whole minefield and could be really interesting to look at kind of thing so absolutely yeah. I agree I think it'd be very interesting I'm very mm. much so think about it and the final question I'm pretty sure you guys is <laughs> What are you currently working on and where can people find more about you and your work? Oh. Um, so I, um, well, I kind of finished it today, but that was a self-portrait, which I am going, yeah, self-portrait. I've kind of ended up doing one each year, um, oh. just like a bit of an experiment. And that's with me. Um, with mascara down my face and mushrooms growing out of my head and my shoulders <laughs> okay. um and I'll be looking into doing more just shorter um or yeah shorter pieces as in time constrained pieces looking at grief um and people can find my work on my website which is pippahalelynch.com or one word or lowercase and on my instagram which is phalelynch um I'm most active on yeah instagram really out of all the social media platforms i do have a facebook page but that's just kind of a regurgitation of my instagram um and yeah it's got all my contact details on my um on my website so people can get in touch then if they want to chat or whatever i'm game <laughs> that's absolutely perfect thank you so much for your time oh thank you so much aaron it's been lovely chatting to you and thanks I... again for having me 
That concludes my conversation with Pippa Howe Lynch. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please send me an email at theflyingfruitbowl at gmail.com or via social media sites such as Instagram and Twitter. The Flying Fruit Bowl podcast can be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, or whatever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please consider rating, reviewing, sharing, or subscribing on any of those platforms to help spread the word. Also, please check out theflyingfruitbowl.co.uk for daily art inspiration, and if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. We now also have a Patreon page if you're interested in supporting the platform further. Tears start from £1 and more information can be found over at patreon.com forward slash the Additionally, if money donations are not your thing, we also have a PayPal for one-time donations. And add a link to that in the show notes. Once again, thank you very much for listening to this episode today. And until next time, folks, please stay safe. <laughs>